Welcome back to the Heads Together podcast. This week, I'm getting my head together with the amazing Lauren Jones. Lauren is the founder and CEO of Box Creative. She is equal parts artist and scientist. She's trained in pure design and Lauren is completely chomping at the bit to share the power that brand and design can have on the world. She's also one of my beloved business coaching clients. So I am beyond thrilled to have her on the show um, and for you to share in her magic. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships and creating the abundant full fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. Lauren, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jill. Nice to see you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure. So good. I'm so excited. I mean, it's been ages since we spoke. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so Lauren is one of my amazing business coaching clients who I just adore working with. So this will be a bit of a loving, you know, it just, you are a pleasure to work with so the feelings mutual this is just going to be a chat I'm sure <laughs> I hope absolutely yeah absolutely so I know all about you but for our audience tell everyone a bit about yourself oh I sounded like Scylla Black then <laughs> tell everyone what's your name you and where are. you're from where what's you your from? name and where you're from <laughs> That will not resonate with everyone across the pond, but if it doesn't, Google it. That's it. That's An it. absolute Which... cultural diamond. Yes. Yeah. Absolute legend. Um, yeah. So, Scylla, uh, I'm Lauren Jones. <laughs> uh, I'm based out in Essex, so near, near your kind self. Um, and I, yeah. I run, I'm the founder and director of Box Creative Limited. Uh, yeah, it started, I started in pure design but now I run a creative agency and we work with everything from female startups and purpose-led organizations through to huge uh, non-profits and foundations we really tackle everything around brand branding uh, design voice work uh, and everything to to support them to uh, up their game to cut through noise and to stand out in the world being un- unignorable is my thing so being an unignorable brand oh god I just love that being unignorable because that that is it, isn't it? That is that's the purpose of yes. branding. Yes, be yeah, unignorable. Absolutely. I love it. Just just thinking about that, that's a wide spectrum of clients potentially that you work with. What do they tend to all have in common? Well, I mean, the the needs for brand as an overarching sort of concept it doesn't differ from scale or, mm. or industry or vertical. Um, essentially, you know, if you look at commercial side through to nonprofits, they still have an audience base, they still have shareholders, stakeholders, um, or boards, and they still have people to answer to, they still have people to appeal to, there's still a product, and I'm using inverted brackets, that they have to kind of sell or entice people to take action and still action in people, be it by a pair of pants or if it's to donate money or attend an event or to join a rally, whatever it is, there's always a call to action. And so that's where branding and brand step in and uh, create that, instill that action and create that emotional connection with people. So um, for me, what's fun is that it is a broad spectrum and that every day is different. You know, my processes, my frameworks 
are, have been honed over the years and I use the same, same methodology for every single client and it just works. Yeah. Would it be fair to say that like your clients tend to be quite purpose driven as well, you know, and so there is that common ground across them? Yes, definitely. I mean, the female businesses I tend to work with, uh, there's a lot in personal development space. Uh, I also support a few organisations that work in uh, empowering female uh, entrepreneurs as well. So, for example, worked with a fantastic app last year that supports a niche in the market of trades. So plumbers and electricians and carpenters and plasterers that are females. It's a very small, like 4.7% of the industry. And they've created an app to find those female um, trades. So it's still a commercial business, but it's very purpose-driven. They're getting a lot of traction and support and investment because it's quite a unique proposition. Yeah, and everything also down to women who are setting up organisations that are really specialised in uh, DEI, so diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting, which is should be ingrained in every organisation now. Um, and uh, so everything through to uh, people that do surf therapy in Costa Rica to support women who are business leaders and 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 everything in between. So it's it's great surf therapy. Yeah, did you say? yeah. surf therapy that's amazing yeah what we can learn from the ocean and and discipline and and balance and all sorts so it's there's there's some fantastic entrepreneurial women out there doing great work um that is really adding not just to the economy but to to women as a in in large so uh, yeah it's great to work with them feel very honored with my client base I would imagine that makes what you do incredibly fulfilling. Why this business? What is it that appealed to you about coming into this Mm. area? Yeah, I mean, as I said, I came from pure design background. I was in a workshop Mm. and making things and crafting and and creating. And and I I landed a role uh, in interiors in, in a brand agency. And that was my first, I was, I was very wet behind the ears. I was just out of graduation and things and it was my first introduction to this word called brand and branding and brand experience and um, questioning audiences and things like that and it was all very very new to me I was so intrigued in particular about the brand culture piece and how we could go from talking to clients around what they wanted their business to do and I my role was to create that as a physical environment and interiors um, exercise and it was just very that process of taking this sort of high level concept and turning it into something very tangible and working with the graphics team and then there was a digital team and and then the experience team and then the, the environment team it just felt so holistic and it made a lot of sense to me and it really interested me and I didn't necessarily want to be just doing one bit <laughs> of that yeah. puzzle uh the the story the journey for the for the customer and that really kind of sparked my love affair and then over the years I went back I actually went back to study uh got a master's in brand strategy and design management because a lot of stuff I was doing was very intuitive and I wanted to back it up with some actual methods and learn about people that have done this already and the experts in the field um and it's it's kind of grown grown from there really so my my experience in pure design and that level of understanding the production and what's involved in creating something be it in a workshop be it on a computer be it an environment whatever it is has really put me in good stead to building basically building businesses and building brands for people and understanding that whole story so yeah Mm. it's um it's been quite a nice evolution for me so I think what's interesting is that mirroring of your journey, the, your approach to working with clients in terms of their brand, mm. focusing slightly differently depending on where they are on their journey. Talking real basics, for you, and, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but what is brand? If you had to really give us the essence to brand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a couple of definitions that I always draw on. um, And it's a really great question. And I think it's largely misunderstood. Brand is the uh, Marty Neumeyer, who's my mentor, um, and an absolute brand hero and had years, decades of experience. He describes it as the gut response that you have to a business or a company organization. So it's a very emotional reaction. It's that uh, the gut feeling that you have towards it. So 
Jeff Bezos describes it slightly differently in saying it's what people say about you when you leave the room, basically. It's the, what are people talking about you? What's that reputation? And I would say it's largely the reputation that precedes you and that leaves you that sits in the hearts and the minds of the customer. And so largely you can't really dictate, you can't tell someone, I can't tell you, Jill, this is what the brand of Box Creative is. You gather that information from your experience of me and our services, and you create mm-hmm. that own experience of what that brand means to you in your heart and mind and in your gut. And so as a business, that's really important to know because you can't dictate it, but you can curate it. You can actually be intentional by consistently showing up, by having the same messaging, um, by having clarity on that, by having professional buttoned up branding at every single point, by looking united front, by constantly reassuring and showing up um, professionally and consistently. I have a Mary Poppins thing, persistent and consistent in every way. Uh, that's what branding should be about. That's how you build a brand. It's my Mary Poppins approach. Um, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's important, you know, that's the unsexy side, but you have to guard your brand. You have to go out. And once you have that concept, yes, it's flex and it grows and it changes and adapts because everything else around it does too. Um, But in order to gain that trust with people and build that brand takes time. Um, And so that's that's the kind of the concept of brand. Um, But most people think that brand is branding, which is an active thing, a branding, like marketing, advertising, they're activations. They are taking this concept and taking it to market. So the branding is uh, the visual and verbal side. So it's the messaging, it's the logos, it's the colors, the fonts, the website activations. The advertising is, you know, your routes to market and channels and where you show up and how you activate your or entice your audience. They're very active things. And it's just it's just separating the two. Um, you know, we focus on building the brand story first and the marketing and branding stuff comes off the back of that. Now, I know people, some people out there would argue otherwise, and I don't want to get into that branding versus marketing argument because you go on LinkedIn and it's everywhere and it's boring. They sit side by side. They both need each other. They both have very different roles, but they do get blended sometimes, which is just a confusion. Yeah, I agree. I think they are completely different things. Yes. You know, um, but they do, they're, they're neighbours. They're neighbours, yes. Not, they're not one being. No, absolutely. And, and I think that that understanding and experience of branding or marketing or advertising into brand, that's what evolves as you grow in your business because you start to see the, you go up in layers of kind of the appreciation of what these layers of, of brand and the higher value of that concept means to your, to your organization, to your team, to your partners. Um, so it, that's what I love is that you can start with the startup. There's a, a naivety, um, there in terms of I need, but first I'll find out how to do it. Like there's a lot of how to's, like how do I, register a business how do I create a logo how do I build a website how do I register a company like all these questions um and there's lots of resources out there that can support you and there's like I mean there's tons of stuff out there that and tools that can help you get there uh, and also support networks I mean I run a network called Girls That Get Shit Done which is for people um in the industry females in the industry that are either looking to go freelance or they're running their business and we just support each other in every way that we can and there's a lot out there um, to help you with those first few steps or even indeed if you're already in, entrenched in the industry. Yeah um, and uh, Girls That shit Get Shit Done actually will put a link to that community in the show notes mm. um, for anyone who's listening. Oh please. This it's a great community it's very engaged and active it's one of the I, I would I feel like and it's it's not on Facebook we should, no. shouldn't we it's not a facebook no. group this is a, no. a separate community it, and it is it's one of those really genuine ones where it's yes. got actually got real nice people in it really <laughs> who great. talk to really each other and help women. each other yeah yeah, yeah absolutely you know, just, just like nice people that gets it done both of us have a, a similar mantra when it comes to business which is quite simple which is just don't be a dick don't be a dick (laughs) kind of works it it does it's a really simple rule (laughs) simple rule 
Yeah. Very, it really works every time. Um, yes. Yeah. So if that's of interest, I will put that into the show notes. Yeah. I'll say it's, it's free and it's on Mighty Networks and we meet every week for coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's informal, isn't it? It's a yes. coffee chat. Um, yeah. Really, but it's it's a great resource for help yes. too, where people yeah. can reach out. Like you say, when you're in that startup phase where everything's a question, mm. how do I do that? How do I how do mm. I create a logo? How do mm. I do this? How do I do that? Mm. And um, I think communities like yours are so important at that phase of business because it can be a lonely journey. Oh yeah, beginning. it's a lonely journey throughout. I'd actually say if you're a business leader, it really is. You're right. Um, and and just as even just as a, a well, not just there's no just about it. If you're a freelancer too, it's you, you're still running your own little empire. It's still you're in, still in charge of your own destiny, and there's there's still the same questions. Like, how do I market myself? Do I how do I present my portfolio? What do what what clients do I want to attract? Like all the same questions. It's and this all comes down to brand too. So that that's the kind of tentative beginning stage and I think that you know the next evolution is when you take that first step and you go either it's this and I hate the phrase side hustle but if it's a side project and um, you're kind of venturing into it and testing the waters and maybe the next stage is startup where um, it's about stuff then you need stuff you need a message you need a product you need um by and large, everyone needs a website. Uh, you need some sort of visual identity, um, and you need the offer. and And I think that sometimes they miss a trick there by just taking a beat and asking some of the questions that um, they think are beyond them at that stage. In terms of really understanding their audience, trying to get a vision statement and a purpose statement or a mission, whatever is suitable for you, and however you want to word it. That you know, lots of people you have slightly different wording for those statements um, and also values things like that like what do you really care about as an organization why would someone pick you over somebody else and those things that lots of people think are quite fluffy actually can be very very a real asset to the organization they can be differentiated well they're largely differentiating and they can they can really help with people picking you be it talent or partners or investors over somebody else that has got the same product and service um so I think that taking a beat and investing a bit of time in that right at the beginning really helps rather than just jumping straight into I just need a website which I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in my life I just need a logo I just need a website yeah Mm. it's well I think change of mindset I think it's it's a bit like um and this happens in kind of the back end of the business as well. I think it's really similar problem here with with startups particularly where people feel like they're over-egging the pudding mm. if they go too deep into brand foundations. Similar, you know, when I suggest to people who are starting a business, you know, start as you mean to go on and start creating SOPs, standard operating procedures, mm-hmm. and they'll say, well, but it's just me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And until, and and my reply to that will be yeah and until you do it will, it will only be because it will yeah. be so difficult to yeah. to get anyone else in to help. So I think there's quite a parallel there with that. I think people think people almost feel like it's too over the top to go that deep into the background of their brand or that foundational mm-hmm. work around their mission and 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 their purpose and that kind of thing. But it really isn't, is it? In fact, it's the perfect time to no, start right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm not a huge Jeff Bezos fan. I don't know why I'm spouting him again, but he said, I'm sure it was him that said, what you do on day one of your business affects what you do in year 10. And I think that that's a really valuable piece of advice that how you step out sets the, sets the bar and sets the intention for the trajectory of your business. And I, I can be testament to that. You know, I, uh, I set out in my business and I didn't want to not appeal to anyone. I was like, I need work. I want clients. I'm not going to discriminate against anyone. I didn't niche. Uh, and as a result, really, you could see in my branding, it was pretty blah and it was very, it, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't enticing. It was very safe. Uh, and I look back at it now, I'm going, my God, what was I bloody thinking? You know, because mm. I was, there was safe. no confidence. The it was word. safe and it was not, there was no yeah. confidence behind it because equally that's where I was at. Mm. 
And so over the years, I've stepped more and more into a niche, uh, which again is sort of, we can talk about in a bit when you grow your business that really uh, the value of that. Uh, and then taking everything around it. So the tone of voice, the branding, the offerings, and really going deep into that and having full confidence that, no, this is what I'm about. This is who I'm for. Understanding equally, this is who I'm not for. And that's absolutely fine. And uh, and stepping into it. And what's happened once I made that change, and that for me was kind of day my first step into mark two of the business, is it's completely now, like three years later, a different business, a different feel, different clients. I have you. I would never have had a coach or thought I needed a coach. Um, you know, we have a team and we have amazing clients that are coming in. And it was making that that step, which is a bit of a tentative step. It's that it's a to 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 cut things out of the offering or to be niche and to to be very focused um, can be scary for people because you think you're going to say no to business, but it does the opposite. It says yes to lots more business of the right business. Um, so yeah, I think uh, there's never there's never a, a wrong time. There's there's always a right time to should I say to invest in those brand foundations. Mm, absolutely I could I just couldn't agree more and I think you just touched on really I suppose what segues nicely into that next phase after startup which is that realization that you're not for everyone yeah you're not (laughs) and um, that's okay and and that and it's okay it's in fact it's absolutely as it should be yes because there will be someone that is for them and that's who they should be working with yeah, or, abs- or buying from or yeah. learning from, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's a sea of people um, out there offering the same services, offering the same products that you do. It's, it's same for me, same for you. And the only way to really get to the audience that's right for you is just to scream at them, like have one person in mind and just every bit of content, every bit of, uh, writing every visual you create it's like it's for her it's for him it's for them um, and being really very intentional um, about that means it's going to scream at them they'll see themselves in that rather than a sea of maybe it's for them and we're for everyone and right. you know it just doesn't work it just really doesn't anymore yeah it's being unignorable yes yeah to the right people yeah it's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's anti-generic it's it's almost like it, it's, yes it's having that courage to make a stand for something yes you know just sticking that stake in the ground and saying no this is who I'm for yes and doing yeah. it loudly and proudly yeah absolutely and, and make sure everything else that follows through but the one thing I would say with that is it has to be authentic and I know it's another bloody buzzword but mm. it has to be true has to be completely true to you I I was doing a workshop yesterday um and we were talking about personal brand uh with non-profit leaders and we were saying that they they said they struggle to separate themselves from the organization because often they've started it and it's so entrenched in in them um and I was like when you find your voice everything becomes so much easier because it's authentically yours. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to hide behind jargon and like layer it with buzzwords and um, and stuff or, or, you know, overly technical information. Like you just talk human to human because you, you there is an authenticity to it. Uh, and that's the same for businesses, the same for brands too. Uh, it's when you get that confidence to be, what it is and have that clarity um that's when things really start to change yeah i you're so right you know what i think tell me if you agree with this but i can spot a mile off a contrived opinion so in other words you know i can tell when someone has literally sat there and thought okay i need to make a stand for something I need to stand Mm. up and I need to be I need to have this persona Mm. and I can just spot it a mile away when it's just been completely contrived Mm. and constructed 
to tick a marketing requirement box or yeah. a branding requirement box. And it just, for me, it just doesn't work. So I think yeah. that authenticity is non-negotiable. And it's a buzzword for a reason because it's so bloody important. Yeah, yeah, it's it? true. It is true. And I would always yeah. urge yourself if you're putting content out, post out, captions, whatever it is, if you read it back and there's an ick, <laughs> Like try and look at it very objectively. And if there's any anything like that, then just just skip it. There is it's far more valuable to have less less stuff out there, less content, less shit for people to kind of troll through and, and scroll through. Mm. Um that that's more quality, more authentic, and more suitable for the audience, and more value for them. I mean, they're they're only going to read it or engage with it if it's valuable for them. If it's just a load of crap, then just skip it. Just don't even worry yeah. about it. But again, the more confident you get with stepping into your, the voice and the brand and authentically, then that gets less and less. Absolutely. Before I post anything on social media or in an email or anything, I run it through a, is this actually what I think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because I think, you know, we consume, mm. as business owners, we consume so much. Yeah. And I think we do absorb other people's opinions. And there can sometimes be a tendency, especially if you are feel if your ideas are feeling a little depleted and you're trying to put, you know, create some content there can be this tendency to regurgitate stuff that you've absorbed and often it's unintentional mm. um so i think just stopping and running it through that authenticity filter like is this really me is this actually what i think yeah or, you know, uh, is this something i've absorbed yeah yeah and you know there is a lot of stuff out there and we can get lost in it so easily you know if you're in that startup phase but indeed as you keep going as business owners we tend right. to keep learning and i think that there's having some synthesis of all the stuff and creating it as your own is that's where the key is um especially you know we build our own frameworks or our own methodologies it's taking the learnings and making them your own because who's to say any one of them's particularly right they're all right in their own way but that's not yours so um but that i mean that takes time as well um i would say it can be refined and i think there's no shame in also admitting when things aren't working in that growth phase it's a really good time maybe it's five years into the business if you're a fast growing business maybe it's even two years it could be 10 if it's a slightly slower burn or I don't think it could be 10 um is is to stop and check and it's that kind of self-check that you're talking about is this authentic to us Mm. is this actually where we want the business to be going is this attracting the right talent and the right customers? Is what's working, what's not? And so in that growth phase, you find that there's there's tends to be this kind of reflection, refresh, refine stage where things get tweaked, whether it's a visual identity or some messaging. Uh, internally, there might be some start to systemize things and to get that consistency. And there's kind of leveling up on everything that's, uh, that's supporting the brand as well. Um, mm. And that, that's what you that's where you tend to find tweaks that are made and you, you kind of step it into your big girl's pants. <laughs> it's like next phase growth, yeah. right? We've got all this experience. Yeah. We've got all these learnings. Uh, I understand now uh, more where I sit, where my position is in the market and kind of going deeper into that. Would you say that the is it the brand that's evolving as you as your business grows, or is the brand more of a north star and it's the branding, the the doing of it that that tends to evolve? Um, I would I would really say that um, the brand constantly needs to evolve. I mean, it's not right. it's not sitting still in nothing sits still. Um, and so it's really important that it's constantly checking in on itself and adapting. Um, there's just so many factors, particularly around audience uh, mentalities, motivations, perceptions. You know, it's changing quicker and quicker all the time. What routes to market there are, how do you engage on them? The level of uh, the, the, the tiniest bit of time you have to engage with them is just getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, you just don't have time to catch their attention. And so there needs to be a longer term view. And, you know, we always say that the vision of the business is the North Star. It's where we're heading. Um, 
and the brand that sits at the heart of that, there's a long-term view in terms of what this thing is there to do, why it exists, what's the purpose of it. However, it needs to adapt and change with technology, with behaviours, with political and, you know, socioeconomic state, you know, all these things that create um, change in your audience and what they need from you. You can't sit still. And so I think that, you know, the, again, the branding and the marketing and advertising is the easy to fix. I would say easy in inverted brackets is the, is the stuff that's more agile around it to change. Um, I mean, I've worked with a big, uh, big, big organization last week. Um, up in London, we've been working for six months, a huge, big billion dollar global company that they have sat still for so long. And they are still top of their game, but they're scared by the, the newbies coming in and nipping at their toes. And quite right, because they are appealing to a new audience. They have fresh products. Um, they have completely different tonality and are hitting lots of marks with a younger generation that they just can't compete with. And so we were trying to, uh, trying to get this behemoth to, think more like an entrepreneur, like a startup and be agile and to think more innovatively and to take down the fear of knocking down the house and rebuilding it. Um, and that takes an awful lot. And so I think as you're, as you're in that growth phase, that's when you should be trying different things and being agile with it and not being too scared. Because when you get to being the behemoth, uh, if you ever get there, if that's what you want, and some people don't, that's fine it's much harder to to make those changes mm. fundamentally yeah the bigger the ship the longer it takes to turn exactly exactly yeah mm. yeah and there's a lot of cultural issues with that actually i would say the brand culture is very important at that stage oh now that's interesting the brand culture is the thing that does come in later doesn't it that doesn't come in necessarily at the startup phase in the same way as it does as it has more importance in the growth phase I guess yeah I think um and and at scale definitely I I think that Mm. there are the newer uh you know new kids on the block are probably understanding that building brand culture from day one is very important um what you find with this slightly older organizations is it's something that's just organically happened over time and there'll be a culture in the organization that's kind of just happened um and that's very that can be quite toxic uh, and quite difficult to shift sometimes it's very positive but and unintentional and it's just been about it comes from leadership right it rolls downhill so if you've got great leadership then you'd think you'd have great culture not always the case um but the brand culture conversation you know it does stem from those values it does stem to the systems it does stem to very unsexy stuff like the ops and how things are done and how easy it is for people to do their jobs how you in uh, and enable people to live on their values day in day out and supporting them in that as well and uh, you know having th- that bigger vision in mind then being aligned to it and understanding it and the communication all of these things uh, create that brand culture um, and so it's that's again very difficult to shoehorn back but not impossible to address uh, and and also I think it's really important that you have business leaders that are really willing to see what's the reality so sometimes if you do qualitative research in an organization which we always do when we do intakes with teams you know we'll get someone from finance and marketing and and the tech team and whatever you'll have you'll have a really great well-rounded view of what that organization is from the inside and then you speak to the CEO and they have a completely different vision or view of what things are. Um, and so it's just trying to bridge that gap. Uh, it's very sensitive, mm. um, but it's really important because ultimately you've got someone with their head up leading the business. And if they're completely out of touch with actually what's going on, <laughs> then you're in trouble. So, so with that in mind, you know, just thinking about the things that maybe don't go as well as they could be when it comes to building a, a brand. What mistakes do you see happening over and over, you know, at those different phases, that startup phase, that growth phase, and then that scale phase? What what do you see coming up time and time again? From the beginning, I mean, probably from every phase, it's going straight to execution. So from startup, it's it's that jumping 
um, straight into stuff um, that we talked about. Um, so I use a, a, a framework called the Double Diamond from the Design Council. And basically, it's two double diamonds that have two expansive pieces and two um, convergent pieces. And it's the discovery. You have to have a open up your eyes, just look around you, look at competitors, what's happening uh, in tech, what's happening in the on the landscape that my organization's in, what's happening with my audiences, what's their behaviors and perceptions. And then you take all that insights together with what your intentions are as an organization. And you then you go, go, okay, this is what it means for us. And it's that's when you create like the brief. That's like, okay, we understand this is our landscape. This is what we're about. Now what? Now we have to design the brand. We have to design um, what we're about and that pack you know our packages or our services our offerings um and that's when you go bored again it's like okay it could look like this it could sound like this it could talk like walk like this we could have an experience that feels like this and then when you deliver that's goes conversion again and that's like when you go okay this is our this is our logo this is our key messaging this is our positioning um this is our tone of voice and that's when you get very crystallized with it but what you tend to find is people at the beginning with the idea they skip the discovery piece. They skip the definition piece and the brief. They skip the design exploration and testing and that beautiful, juicy, messy stuff that I love. And they go straight to delivery. And that is extremely costly uh, in the long term. In the short term, it's not. And I would say in the short term, it is an investment of time and money and energy. But in the long term, it's not going to serve you well. Um, so I think there is a process to get to a great brand result and some people want to shortcut it. And I think that that's a huge error that people make time and time again. And that doesn't really mm. skip any of those growth phases. It's just people do. It's just that's the fundamental error is people want to speed up the process yes. to get to that end result yes. without doing the, the right thing. The hard yakka. In the right yes. order. Yeah. 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 And I think as you grow, if things aren't working, then people will throw money at the doing. They'll throw money at advertising, at marketing, at uh, the branding. And that's, and I will be honest, I've seen it time and time again that marketing will have their head on the block all the time. They'll be blamed for it. Where actually, what would be prevalent to do as a leader of the organization is to step back and go, what are our brand foundations? Are they working for us? Are we still on track? Are we still relevant? Which is a really key word when, when you're talking about brand. Are we actually still speaking to the to the right audience in the right way, getting them at the right time? Um, are we compelling? Are we, you know, concise? Like all these things. And they won't, they're sometimes too scared to step back and go back to those foundations because again, it's the biggest ship, it's harder to turn. But sometimes the issues that show up in delivery or in the results in the sales can they're not just executional problems they can be very foundational and it could be about tweaking things internally it could be getting better communication and clarity for the team um there's there's all sorts of brand um brand conversations to be had and the other thing is at scale where people can make errors is just growing without intention or without some sort of idea of why they're growing into certain ways. So brand extensions, uh, sub companies, whatever it is, having some idea. So from an architectural point of view, and the architecture isn't portfolio structure, it's not uh, organizational structure. It's how you join the dots with all of the insights from your consumers, from your offerings, from your strengths as an organization, from all the context of what's happening around joining the dots on those and making sense of how you grow and architect the organization is really really key and some people don't have intention with that they'll either say yes to opportunities or um and then try and make sense of it retrospectively um but you can again be intentional with that so i do find that with bigger organizations we do t we do a lot of brand architecture um exercises and sometimes it's trying to make sense of of what they've done and how they've grown and where there needs to be some adjustment and sometimes it's um making some tough decisions in terms of you know is this right or do we need to set up a whole other 
company structure for this because this just doesn't fit mm. in the brand that you have now, uh, which is probably where there's an error uh, issue too. Do you find that you get clients coming to you um, saying that, right, we need a rebrand? And because I I have seen before where companies I think it's it's a little bit about what you mentioned just now in terms of if something's not working so if they feel their marketing's not working or they haven't got their sales at the level they want them at etc but we need to rebrand yeah and uh I I have seen a few times now where people have invested chunks of money in what they think is a rebrand it's actually just changing some colors and and Mm -hmm. logos and and aesthetics and for me nine times out of ten if your marketing and your sales are underperforming it's because of generally one thing and that's your messaging Mm -hmm. that tends to be the primary driver for whether your marketing will or won't work Mm. that's why copywriters are so valuable (laughs) that's why i have a great one (laughs) Yeah. absolutely right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely it's, it's me an, too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's a really it's like baby in bathwater right it's it's understanding where mm. the errors are and I would make a distinction um with that and maybe it's just me splitting hairs but I distinguish between a refresh and a rebrand and I think that a lot of people yeah what is the difference between those yeah so I was good point yeah I mean because because what you're saying is that most people go, this isn't working, we have to rebrand and chuck everything out and, you know, and that's what I mean with like knocking the house down and rebuilding it. Um, that to me is a rebrand. That's a huge lift. That's that internally that can cause a lot of uncertainty and disruption with the team. There's a lot of change management that needs to be um, kind of considered. It can also be very energising. Uh, if it's managed properly in the team and not just like we're the C-suite, we're going to deal with it. You know, if you, if you're inclusive in that process, even if it's just for the communications, it can be very energizing for the team. Um, but that is right. We're going to go back to our values. We're going to go back to our purpose statement. And even if they're not changed, it's just reaffirming. It's going back and checking, doing the research, doing that discovery piece and just make sense checking that actually our, I call them brand roots or the brand foundations are solid. And making tweaks, tweaks uh, and adjustments as you go, that may, well, usually does end up with new copy or new branding, uh, but it really is about knocking the house down and, and starting again. Uh, sometimes, as I say, that's necessary. It is uh, quite a big ask and can take quite a long time. I've been working with a client now uh, just over a year to do that, big company, um, and it, we're still not launched yet. It's still co- about a month away. so. Um, and that's just the start of it, I would say. <laughs> There's just like a whole slew yeah. of stuff that has to come after that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's important. It's very important because actually it was someone was brave. I, the CEO was brave and go, if we're going to be future facing, we need to do this. Then there's the other side, which is the refresh. And now I would say that's about a lick of paint, new furniture, uh, stripping off that shitty wallpaper and having, you know, something gorgeous on the wall, like sprucing up the garden getting new rendering like it's it's tweaking things so it's maybe it's a new logo maybe it's a new um, identity system tweaking colors messaging new channels to market trying new things on social it could be a refresh of how you're doing things now as you are rather than completely changing the whole thing Um, and I think that some people uh, in organizations get scared because they think they have to do everything Whereas actually sometimes to your point, it could just be a simple tweak of messaging or finding a new market or finding a new distribution network that can really change things, turn things around. Mm. So just thinking in terms of the work you do so amazingly with your clients, if someone listening has a business, they've, they've built a brand, they feel like it is there's a problem with how their business is running at the moment in terms of 
the performance isn't where they want it to be and they have a feeling that something needs refreshing something needs tweaking is that something they can come to you and articulate that and and you can give them your perspective and um you know is that the kind of thing they can come and work with box oh yes creative on? yes again as long as they're not a dick <laughs> No dicks allowed. Just remember, folks. Just remember, folks. No dicks allowed. That's my one rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I do appeal to a certain type of organisation, and I love working with uh, particular um, business leaders and, and non nonprofits and foundation leaders um, and teams. But yes, that is absolutely something that um, we we can talk about. I offer a consulting service as well as the full-blown sort of I call it the brand greenhouse which is end-to-end mm. to, to kind of getting your up to your starter kit but beyond the re, uh, brand build and starter kit there I offer consulting services as well which again it's it that's down to the business leader or the the person I'm speaking to they they set the agenda um we have expertise in so many areas that we can bring in um mm to support them with whatever problems they're having. And sometimes it's just articulating where that source issue is, because like you say, the, the, the symptoms can show up somewhere where that's actually not the problem. So, um, right. Well, we can talk. Yeah. I, by all means reach out and have a, we can have a chat about it. The misconception of what brand means, means sometimes they, um, they'll be surprised with what the process can offer them. Um, and I've been working with an organization recently and she said, when we started this exercise, I had no idea that this is what brand meant, that talking, really getting under the skin of the founder or the history or the intention of the organization. Um, you know, we went real deep dive into the team and the trustees and everything. Um, and turning it into a really beautiful, compelling story and design and offering and concept of what this this new brand was going to be, it really surprised her as the executive director. She was like, "I just didn't know that this is what brand was," I th- you know. And and I think again, that's the evolving understanding of the power that brand can have in an organisation. Uh, and I'm I'm here for it with bells on. Do you know? As you were saying that, I think. Working with you and um, with other branding people in in my world, in my connections, it has been a massive eye-opener to me too. I don't think I really understood um, properly what brand was. So, and I kind of, you know, my area of expertise is, is business. It's understanding business. So I think it's, I believe it's really common that people don't understand what brand is, not fully, mm. and what it can do for their business. Yeah, absolutely. What a fully matured, fully formed and expressed brand can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's empowering, gives you confidence, mm. um, and you're you're kind of in the. I wouldn't say you're in the driving seat, but there's an element of control over things that it reduces yeah. fear. Um, and um, anxiety can give a real sense of clarity. It also reduces the number of decisions you have to make. Mm. And as a leader, I think sometimes decision fatigue is real. <laughs> like, you know, it, it can be exhausting having to make what feel like a lot of important decisions all the time, every day when it comes to, you know, how you market your business, who you want to work with, you know, what's the best way to get sales. All of those things, I think, are really strong brand roots, as, as you call them, mm. strong brand roots. It reduces the number of decisions because so, you have so much clarity around exactly what your business is, mm. what it stands for and who it serves. That. Yeah. Things you would have agonized over making decisions on are, are crystal clear. It's it's like, well, it doesn't make sense for us. I have to make. Yes. I know. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, simplifies, it simplifies business. Yeah. It makes you much more agile. It makes um, yeah. it, it, it is a filter. It's the shit filter. It's like, no, this isn't for us. That's not yeah. for us. This is definitely for us. Um, it does help you with decision making. What to do and what not to do is, is equally important. And like you say, when there's so many things to consider, any anything that supports with 
getting clarity on decision making is valuable um and 100 the, the other thing i'd say is that's important is um it can often be a little bit of a a battle as well. We have branding versus marketing and we have business versus brand strategy. They aren't competing. Again, they are neighbors. They have one cannot exist without the other. Um, I might argue that brand strategy can inform business strategy, but that's just my opinion because that's the world I come from. But certainly the business I completely agree. And I probably <laughs> sit more in the in I and well I obviously sit more in the business strategy camp, but and I would agree brand strategy absolutely should inform business yeah. strategy. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that it's it's vital that people shift their perceptions that brand branding is just about the stuff that comes in at the end when decisions are being made um and that they can it can be a real powerhouse to make better decisions uh, of greater value and uh in the long and it's a long term it's a long term strategy to outmaneuver the competitors that's an art- another martin Neumeyerism. that is Ew, what like brand it. can help you do yeah yeah amazing lauren how can people listening reach out to you how can they find out more about working with you well i i, I have a website can you believe what <laughs> i do uh it's box next you're going to tell me it's an incredibly beautiful amazing to look at website well, i don't fantastic know. messaging i've looked at it for so long uh, i can't see it anymore objectively someone um, can tell me if it is or not trust um, me it is <laughs> it's um box-creative.co.uk um and i'm on yeah on linkedin just search lauren jones and box creative and i'm around and you know fairly active on there so yeah there's you know there's a lot on there for people to kind of noodle on there's some fun stuff too um on my website but um reach out on there as i say i do have also a brand roots course which is the kind of the foundational stuff which i'm happy to gift to people if you want to more of a diy approach if you're in that how do i what does it look like kind of phase um just contact me and I'll, i'll gift you that Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Can we put a link to that in the show notes? I think people will definitely want to take you up on that. So that would be great. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so, you know, as I say, open to hearing from anyone. I'm here to champion women doing great work and nonprofits changing the world. And it's, um, you know, any part, tiny part I can play in the great work that they do, um, I'm, I'm all for it. And you're so good at it. Oh, bless you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, thank you so much for coming on today. And I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible. If you love the show, would you do me a massive favour, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help me put more heads together, reach more ears and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now. Bye for now.